the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I see my name in shiny lights, yeah, a different city every night, oh, I, I swear, the world better prepare for when I'm a billionaire. It's time to get down to business on the weekend's number one business program. Known as the king of networking, your host, Shalom Klein, has worked with thousands of entrepreneurs and created countless jobs. So, to success, let's get down to business. Hi, uh, this is Paula Peterson, and I'm in for Shalom Klein. Shalom is out right now serving our country. He'll be back soon. Um, And Get Down to Business is sponsored by Tandem HR. We're very thankful to our friends at Tandem HR for making uh, this show happen. And I'm able to bring on fantastic guests like Rick Glickman of Dream Kitchens. But he's he's here today to talk about something a little bit different. And I think Shalom, if he was here, would really love this because we really like to give voice to um, different organizations that are helping our community. So I want you to tell us about your Monday night car shows. Thank you very much. Um, so Monday night car shows is a 501c3. It's a charity that raises money to give scholarships to auto shop students. And the way it started, um, I have another hobby. I like to play guitar. So my level of playing is you'd need to own the place to get that chance. So I started a pizza shop uh, so I could play guitar with real guitar players <laughs> on Saturday nights. But I couldn't go to car shows anymore, and I really loved cars. So I invited my car show friends to come on our slow night, Monday night, to the to the place where our store was, and I'd give them free pizza if they showed up in an old car. So five friends came the next week, 15, and then 30, 60. When it got to 100, the landlord said, okay, you've got to get all these cars out of here. The other people are complaining. So I said to myself, you know, and this was 12 years ago uh, before the politically correct uh, idea that to make America great again, to make America great again is to make things with our hands again and not just two thumbs. And one of the things I felt is if this many people got together, we could perhaps raise money and awareness to support and encourage the young people in our society that may want to go into the trades. And specifically auto shop, but uh, even in Dream Kitchens, we're looking for plumbers, electricians, carpenters every day. And I think this is a systemic problem in America that one of the reasons why we fell down a little bit is because we forgot about physically doing something and not just contemplating it or thinking about it or managing it or whatever the case may be. A lot of scholarship programs for people like that, but not necessarily for tradesmen. So. I started going to the high schools that still have shop, and there are some North Shore high schools that still have shop. I started going around and encouraging the kids and raising money and asking uh, corporations to donate uh, to money for scholarships. But I found if I had a hook, it would be uh, more accepted. So I started these car shows um, at Westfield Old Orchard Mall. They're very nice about letting me be there. We have three to 400, sometimes more cars a week. That's amazing. We, I, it's a p- pretty big show, <laughs> biggest in Chicago. We, and one of the things about my show that's different from other shows is we don't restrict um, how old the car is. A lot of old car shows, 25 years or older is what they say, but I don't think so. If you have a brand new tuner or if you have a Lamborghini or a new Camaro, who's to say that's not the hot rod of tomorrow or the cool car of tomorrow? And if it's something unusual model, not just mom's four-door sedan – we say bring it in. So uh, the idea of the show is 
not so much to get a trophy for your car, and to, but it's for families to show up with kids to look at a car and go, I didn't know they made you know, hideaway headlights in that year. I didn't know they had gull wing doors in, in a Mercedes in the fifties. Uh-huh. You know, I did, or I didn't know you could do that to a car. Hey, maybe I could do that, or I could do that better. So it's giving them the the incentive and the idea. Maybe I want to get involved in this industry. And and we have a great time. We have live music. We have themed shows. Every week's a different. You bring theme. in bands. We bring in bands. We've got uh, food trucks and oh. we've got vendors. This is a party every week, and the families show up. We have a great time. When does it start? It's, start, it's uh, Memorial see. Day to Labor Day. Okay. It's starting this Memorial Day. We're going to have hundreds of people. You can go to mondaynightcarshows.com, get all the information that you need. If you want to bring a car, please register. You go to Apple or Google's uh, App Store and download the Monday Night Car Show app and register Great. your car. When you come in, you show your QR code and we scan you. We get the information about it. You give a small donation. It's $5 for a show car. It's free for spectators. And you can buy a speed pass actually and get a discount for the whole season if you want to buy it up front but uh plug plug but we have uh you know a great show and each week i feature something else and then i go to the schools during the school year and speak to the students and uh they have to write an essay and get a recommendation from a boss or a teacher they have to give me a resume that shows that their community involvement or sports involvement not just shop and then i give them a check up to a thousand dollars depending on the quality of their application. And, you know, there's a lot of schools that they really are learning a lot. We also help them get jobs, placing them at car dealerships and body shops and speed shops out of school as an apprentice so they can get going. So many of the kids that win these scholarships, boys and girls, are uh, with immigrant families that they're really the young person, the English speaker, and they're the breadwinner for the family. And they're really contributing to the mortgage and the grocery bill. And it really is important to them into the house to get that degree as quickly and as, you know, less expensive as they can. I remember a boy wrote a great essay and, you know, he regretted that his father couldn't afford for college, you know, to go to a mechanic show. You got to show up with a cart full of your own hand tools and it's about a grand and he couldn't show up with that. So we made a deal with Cobalt and we got him. We helped him. We helped him and the dad was crying. He said now he's going to hold his head up on the first day. We had a young lady, one of our first winners, use the money to go to summer school to get a couple of electives out of the way and she used her winning and her on her resume when she applied at Tesla and got the job as an engineer. Oh my gosh, that's and so amazing. it's so cool and encouraging to see that there two of the boys have given me the money back and said, I've made it now, give it to the next guy. They oh. learn what giving back means, the full circle. It's so amazing. There's a little uh, on our website, there's a little video. You see uh, the website? That, it's mondaynightcarshows.com. And there's a, two videos. One is a little TV spot where it kind of explains what we're all about. But the other one is a bunch of kids who've won in the past doing selfies from their dorm room, saying thank you and what they use the money for. And really, is it's exciting. That's important to people. I know because I have a senior in high school. And if you're just tuning in, this is Paula Peterson. I'm with Get Down to Business. Our guest is Rick Glickman of Dream Kitchens. However, today we're talking about his five. 501c3 Monday night car shows and how it helps to raise money for for scholarships. Rick, tell people I, I know that we have such a generous audience. How do people make donations to this to this organization? Well, there's a donate What's button. The easiest way? There's a donate button right on our website. Okay. And there's also an address where you can mail a check. You get a letter, a tax deductible letter of donation. 
Um, we're it's lo- mondaynightcarshows.com. Right. And also shows you when the next show is. Right. You West can click Hill on that, Church. and there's a whole uh, you know schedule and everything. And then we're looking for companies that have a charitable arm to give a donation to sponsor a scholarship to give us uh, you know money specifically tagged. Say this has to you know we want this to go to a scholarship. I'd mention them to the cha- to the winner. Uh, you know that they are this one is sponsored by such and such a company. Most of your listeners have companies that have a charitable arm, and this is a five one c three. And you know it's something that they it's a good cause. It's actually getting our kids in school and being proud of being in the trades, not just robotics or you know business management or mm-hmm. a doctor or lawyer. Some kids just are great with their hands and they just don't have the money to go and get that degree that they need. And there's a lot of programs. Well, I see too, it's really nice that when you are a sponsor, you make sure that they're highlighted on the website with a link and say thank you. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that's the really Absolutely. important thing to do you, it. you know, you get a little bit of plug back and you got to pay back, uh, not just the pride. Uh, some companies want to set up a booth at the show and vend whatever it is that they, or talk about what they have. We have an arrangement for that also. We have a media you know, tie-ins that they can be part of if they want to sponsor to that degree. So I'm looking for help. Uh, you know, Got it's it. very important uh, to make this happen. It's an expensive venture. 15 shows is a big deal. Tell us a story. I know you just mentioned, like, what, what was one of your favorite um, favorite times when you were able to hand a check to somebody and what, what did you see happen? Can you think of anything off the top of your head? I don't mean to put you on the spot. Well, I, I said two favorites, but I, I do have another one that I yeah. think is really compelling. And I, I was thinking about this young man whose parents, they lived on top of their business. Their dad had a roofing business and um, he was you know, on the football team and he was a really great kid and he kept getting concussions and he wouldn't tell anybody that he got hurt because he didn't want to disappoint. And he knew that if he got a football scholarship, he could help his family. Great kid, just all heart. And finally, they found out how many he had. They wouldn't let him play football anymore. And he was in shop also. And he said, OK, I'm, I'm going to do shop and I'll get into that business. And then uh, his father passed away oh. in high school. And he helped his mother run the roofing business while he was in school, while he took shop. And not only were we able to give him a full scholar, the, the scholarship money, the biggest award that we have, but we got him a job at a car dealership apprenticing so that he could fast track his way into being an authorized on that brand. And he still works at that dealership. That's and an he's amazing story. So it just, he's the kind of guy that I'm looking for. Somebody that it's the American way. That's what we talk right, about. So if people know somebody who need that help too, as well, they can reach out to you as well on the right, website. If it's a school right? that I'm not really going to, but they okay. have a shop program and he's, this child is going to go into, uh, or young, young adult is going to go into, uh, you know, the trades, uh, in, in, in automotive or in marketing for automotive or business. They can certainly talk to me. We can work something out as a, for an application. I, I want to be inclusive and I can't visit every school. So. Oh, Rick Glickman, you've been an amazing guest. Thank you so much for being a part of Get Down to Business. And to reach out to uh, to Rick, you can go to mondaynightcarshows.com or you can find him also through dreamkitchens.com. Our Facebook page. Uh, yeah, and the Facebook page, website, easily Google it, easy to find. So I'm Paula Peterson. This has been an amazing episode of Get Down to Business. Rick, thank you so much for being a guest thank today. Thank you. Welcome back to the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Check out our website, shalomkline.com. That's where you can download podcasts from Get Down to Business. And we are a live show. You can call into the studio, 312-642-5600, 312 642 
5600. I am thrilled to be joined here in studio by the CEO of Teachability, Cindy Montgomery. Thank you so much for joining us here and for your passionate work, Teachability. Tell us a little bit about it. Teachability works with schools and businesses to set up simple and inexpensive accommodations for students with young adults with autism and other invisible disabilities like depression or anxiety. We are a full-service consulting agency that is currently working with mom-and-pop shops, small businesses, fraternities, even a nonprofit that has a multimillion-dollar budget. We're very excited about that. Cindy, it's fantastic. Uh, there must be a personal uh, story behind this, if you don't mind telling us yeah, a no, bit about no, that. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm so excited. Uh, a friend of mine, she's a, a world-class disability consultant. She's in Canada, and she recently had a client who liked cooking. She approached her local community college and set up accommodations for their sous chef program. She then asked a local restaurant franchise owner to give her client a try as a sous chef as he completed the program. No one at the school or the restaurant had any prior knowledge or experience with autism. They just probably said, what do we have to lose? Why not give it a try? So they were happy to open the door. Um, He's now the best sous chef they've ever hired. He loves his work, and this is my favorite part. He he socializes with his colleagues at the end of most nights. They hang out and have a drink. Um, that's really heartwarming for me because a lot of times um, people with autism don't have a, a way to have a good time and have fun and, and improve their social skills other than in kind of clinical settings or with one another. So it's really nice for me to hear that. Um, Cindy, when when did uh, Teachability uh, get started? We started June second, two thousand sixteen. I started it because my son, who's eighteen, is on a spectrum, and he wanted to do something more than uh, what other people thought he could do. So now he is uh, uh, an internet radio station, and he's an internet Senator Durbin's office. Um, and just loves it. He he takes the blue line. The RTA travel training that he received has given him an, an independence that I would have never thought possible. Um, I, I'm still kind of scared when he takes the blue line by himself, but he does, and he loves it. So and Paulie's here uh, just outside of the studio, and and uh, I know uh, he's having fun walking around and meeting everybody over here, and it's uh, it's fantastic. So uh, Paulie's. Busy and 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 has a an, an incredible professional life, and you've made it your mission to make sure that that there can be more stories like that uh, through your unique consulting uh, services that you've been able to provide. Uh, so, tell us a little bit about the ideal company, the ideal company that you'd love to be working with. Well, we would love to have white collar offices, uh, accounting firms. There are some accounting firms right now that only hire people with autism. Uh, for scanning purposes, because they like, uh, I don't want to generalize too much, but oftentimes they like repetitive work, they like quiet, um, they have a, a laser-like focus. Um, so accounting firms, insurance companies, financial firms, manufacturing companies, we um, we really don't have one specific business. It's more about what's the best fit for the person who's looking for the opportunity. And I really want to stress that this is a, an inverse internship program. It's not a job placement program. It's a place to kind of um, network and get your foot in the door and feel each other out and see if there's a fit. And, you know, it's, it's more about the discovery process. I think a lot of times with people with autism especially, people really want to find, like, the perfect 
solution right away. And I can, I kind of feel like it's like, you know, you don't know who you're going to marry right away. You want to date first. So teachability is kind of saying, you know, have some bad experiences, learn how to be uncomfortable. And from that, you'll learn what you like and what you don't like. So we're just trying to broaden the scope of opportunities. It's a learning experience for both the, uh, for both the candidates, uh, as well as for the companies uh, involved. It's, it's a partnership, just like any employment experience. Uh, there always is that sort of marriage uh, that needs to take place, and we don't often think about it in those in in that in that way. I, I know uh, Cindy and I have talked about this, but I know several employers that have indeed employed um, uh, young adults and adults with uh, on the spectrum of of autism, and they have told me that uh, the those employees are looked upon more favorably than anybody else in the company. They make fewer mistakes. They come on time. They, they're, they're reliable uh, in every sense. Cindy, I'm curious if there are any statistics that you can share uh, that you've seen from the, from the workplace, both regarding, uh, I, I guess, call it employment numbers, uh, or, or just perhaps just from your experience and from what you've heard uh, about uh, individuals with, with autism and, the, and their ability to, uh, to attract employment. Well, you know, I've been to a lot of conferences over the last 15 years, and the statistics, whatever number you want to pick, is at least 75%, can be up to 90% of adults with autism have no job. And they need to get off the couch. They're excited to work. They like to follow the rules. They like to um, uh, have a home and, and be somewhere long term. So, you know, I keep thinking about this one place in Florida, it's a car wash, and they have zero workman's comp claims, zero workman's comp claims um, because they follow the rules, and that's unheard of. That industry, I think, is 30% uh, is the workman's comp. So in a, in a process-driven business, autism is a competitive advantage, but businesses, they don't get it yet. And I wonder if because disability, the word disability makes people think, disabled or unable or not and it's mm. so it's just it's a bad word and it's nobody's fault but i think business owners have to learn that this is an untapped market that is just waiting to explode five years from now where do you want teachability to be i want teachability to have a national platform at the very minimum to help connect business owners with interns in a in a in a way that um they can do it online they, it almost like a match.com, but for businesses looking for somebody to come in and and just help them with daily tasks. I know um, when Polly had another intern somewhere else, another internship somewhere else, he uh, fixed the coffee machine. Nobody asked him. He just went in there. He noticed it was. He doesn't even really drink coffee. He went in there and just noticed it. And so there's so many just tiny little things like that that are just they they can contribute so much that it's. It's just a shame that, that people are afraid of um, what they don't know. So I think it's very important for small businesses to start to open the door and, and just let job coaches and the, and the people that come in handle all the work and they don't have to do a thing. They just have to open the door. And I would agree that I think there's a unique opportunity with small businesses because it's a, a little bit easier to, to, to make decisions. Uh, things can happen a lot, uh, a lot more quickly. 
which is which is helpful. But big companies as well, and I know that that's a, a message that you have uh, that Teachability is getting out there. Uh, you mentioned fraternities. You mentioned mm-hmm. you mentioned companies that that Teachability can come in, uh, provide consulting services, and help create the culture, help create the environment, the training program, and all of the necessary details that can go into successful not just one hire, but potentially filling and 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 uh and addressing a lot of the needs within within the company are there are there any specific uh examples that you could point to or or conversations that are going on right now uh that you want to highlight of companies that that are you think uh leading the way well i to finish my story from earlier the restaurant owner after he um hired the sous chef he called my friend and said i need seven more and because he had seven more franchises. So he's now planning to hire them um, from the same sous chef program from the community college. Uh, we're also, we're working with TN Active Care, Autism Home Support, uh, Hashtag Valuable with Caroline Casey, uh, SCORE Mentors, uh, Lamar Butler from DePaul University of the Hoopus Group. He um, talked to compliance and figured it out fairly easily and fairly quickly that this would be a non-issue. So it's not just the mom and pop shops. It's not just a big corporation. It can be just for the medium-sized firms sure. as well. Well, Cindy Montgomery, I can't believe uh, what you're doing. It's fantastic. Uh, it's admirable, and I hope that many other companies can follow uh, the lead and uh, certainly have that conversation with you. I know you're always happy to have a conversation and and educate and share. Uh, we are running out of time. How can folks uh, get a hold of you if they want to learn more? We're at teachability.org. That's T-E-A-C-H-A-B-I-L-I-T-Y because we're teaching everyone to have the ability to work together. Teachability.org. It's fantastic. Cindy Montgomery, I hope that we'll have you back on to share many success stories. And I hope that our listeners will take the time to get a hold of you. Uh, get Down to Business is powered by our good friends at Tandem HR, your solution center. Check them out online, tandemhr.com. Or give them a call, 630-928-0510. We've got more small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Back on Get Down to Business, and I'm your host, Shalom Klein. I'm thrilled to be joined by Joe Ginsberg, who is a lifelong Chicagoan. Uh, Joe graduated law school and founded a respected law firm dedicated to representing, as he says, clients, not merely handling matters. Uh, Joe, aside for uh, the uh, the the firm, which we'll certainly talk quite a bit about, uh, I always love to highlight uh, giving in the community. And Joe volunteers for the Make a Wish Foundation, uh, served as a board member and chairman of the board for Make a Wish. Uh, Joe, it's a privilege to have you on the program. Uh, thanks for coming in and uh, tell us a little bit about the firm. My pleasure. Um, as you said, we've been around for about thirty eight years. And it w- our firm was designed to represent family-owned and closely held businesses and really serve as their go-to place for legal advice. Um, because of our expertise, we've represented some very large international and domestic companies as well. But our focus is on closely held businesses and um, just about anything that they need, we try to meet. We have relationship managing partners who deal with the relationships with the clients. And our goal is always to become one of their trusted advisors. So, Joe, we're going to talk. I'm I'm fascinated, as you know, about the subject of uh, closely held businesses and and family businesses. So we'll certainly talk some more about that. We'll talk about community involvement. But I'm curious uh, about the firm, 
Uh, and, uh, you know, I talked to a lot of attorneys, talked to a lot of folks in the legal world in Chicago, and there are many firms that are out there. Why is, uh, as we say on Passover, why is your firm different than any other firm? Well, I think we're different because of our perspective. Um, we're kind of like um, the old family practitioners when there were things like that as doctors. <laughs> Uh, we care about our our patients, our clients, and we try to de- we try to deliver our services in a caring and thoughtful way. It's not just handling a matter and getting a matter done in a vacuum. Uh, we ask the clients hard questions when they want to do something, and often we get them to where they want to go, but not necessarily the way they thought they were going to get there. Um, I have a personal passion. Um, besides my general expertise, and that is with uh, what's known, what I call continuity planning and what people call succession planning. I think it's a very, very underserved, underrecognized area, particularly in the law. It's not estate planning. It's totally different than that. It's, it's what you try to do as a lawyer is put a business on a very, very solid foundation so it can survive beyond a founder and a good succession plan can even be a sale in some cases. Do you believe that businesses often uh, are not having that conversation are not engaging in succession planning, at least proactively? Definitely not. It's like, um, it's like pulling teeth sometimes to get um, a founder particularly to address the issue and I think it really has to do with um, the culture in, in our country. Everybody here is an entrepreneur. Everybody you can think of that you admire is an entrepreneur. And um, I personally never believe in the self-made person. Uh, and all too often, um, the idea of some kind of planning of the type we're talking about and that's putting a lot of time and effort into it. It's not something you do in a minute. It's not. It's very little. The paper is the culmination of a long process. But the truth is that if you don't do that, something is going to happen that's either going to ruin your business or ruin your family or both. And I've witnessed it happen. It's tragic in many cases, very tragic. and. It's it's something that's unnecessary, and and businesses that that families that individuals, uh, but families often have worked so hard to build, and it's called building a business for a reason, uh, only to have it destroyed because of the lack of planning. How how disappointing! So, uh, Joe, I want to touch on something before we have to squeeze on a ber- squeeze on a break. Uh, you mentioned that you uh, act as a essentially part of the team. You're a strategic advisor to companies. What does that mean? That means if a uh, client comes to me and says, you know, Joe, you don't really have to know what I need this building for or why I'm, why I'm moving there. I just need a five-year lease. I want to pay so much rent and so much and so forth. Um, to my way of thinking, that's like me going to an automobile mechanic without my knowledge, lack of knowledge of automobiles and saying, you hear that noise under the hood? Don't, do, don't test drive it. Don't put it on any of the monitors. Just change the water pump, and I'm sure it'll fix it. <laughs> um, you're not doing the client a service. You may come back to 
having a lease, but how you craft the lease to meet a client's needs. The best story I have for that is, excuse me, I represented a client who had a building and wasn't intended to be, have a tenant in it. Uh, It was a small suburban bank building. And they called up and wanted to have a real estate office in there. And the long story short is that there were so many issues that they didn't think of, including the fact that the bank has banker's hours and the office (laughs) of a realtor is open seven days a week, 24-7. Joseph Ginsburg, uh, we're going to be right back after a very, very quick break. I certainly want to talk some more about the practice, talk more about uh, the strategic advisor that you are at so many clients. We'll be right back after this quick break. I'm joined here in studio by attorney Joseph Ginsburg. Uh, Joe, you uh, went to law school at DePaul University. You've been practicing law for more than 40 years. We talked quite a bit about uh, the way you serve as a trusted strategic advisor to clients near and far. And I know that uh, you and I have had that discussion in the past. Tell us a little bit about uh, how you're involved in the community and encourage your other attorneys to do the same. All of our attorneys are in are encouraged to get involved in um, community-serving organizations, charitable organizations. I'm proud to say that, as you mentioned, I was chairman of the board of Make-A-Wish Foundation. I'm uh, emeritus chairman. Uh, I started out as a wish granter, and when they asked me to be on the board, I said I didn't want to give up wish granting, which is actually dealing with the kids and their families. That was a condition of me joining the board, (laughs) and I did it all the way through my involvement in Make-A-Wish. It's a wonderful, wonderful organization. There are so many ways to give back to our community. And there are, I've uh, taught classes at, uh, for entrepreneurs at uh, the College of Lake County. I've done speaking on the subject. Uh, if anybody wants to get in touch with me and wants to learn more about uh continuity planning and how to put a solid foundation under their business. I'll be glad to talk to them, even if there's nothing in it for me. That's wonderful. And uh, Joe, what advice do you have for a startup, a 2017 startup company? Uh, I know we've talked a lot about, uh, you said, closely held businesses, perhaps family businesses that may have been in a family for generations. What about a startup today? What should they be thinking about? Startups today should be thinking about protecting themselves. And there are many, many ways to do it properly. Um, I often find that um, businesses that started off of the Internet, uh, and I mean documentation off of the Internet, um, come to me when they're starting to build something, and we often have to undo a lot of things that were done because the thought process isn't there in the beginning when you're dealing with a form. I'll give you an example. Uh, I've been dealing with entrepreneurs for years about coming in and starting a business. And it's very interesting that I'm the one that has to bring up what's your exit strategy. And I was listening to one of the the former speakers talking about exit strategies, and they don't Think about an exit strategy, and it and it's a building process to get to an exit strategy. Even if you're going to sell your business, if that's your exit strategy, if there are no successors, likely successors, 
you need to prepare your business to be sold. I can't tell you. I've represented buyers and sellers and sophisticated buyers who deal with a very successful business that's not prepared to be sold. They're going to wheedle the purchase price down the minute they get through due diligence. And the typical conversation is, well, we told you in our letter of intent we'd give you X dollars, but now that we've been through due diligence and we found all these things, we're going to have to give you a little bit less or you're going to have to put money at risk. Well, I've been dealing with entrepreneurs for years. The minute they sign a letter of intent, they're buying their vacation home, they're done, they're thinking about packing up, and they're not really thinking about necessarily how to maximize their return on their investment. It's a lifelong investment for them. And by the way, good succession planning or continuity planning is still a transaction. You have to take care of the primary generation and make sure that they are taken care of, period. We're, we're chatting with attorney uh, Joseph Ginsburg. And, and Joe, I have an interesting question for you. Uh, and are there, without naming any names, of course, are there examples that you've seen of a business owner and a business that has gone through all of the processes you've mentioned so far, succession planning, risk mitigation, protecting themselves successfully. Again, I'm not asking for names, but I'm curious, just the profile of the individual and 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 what steps should our listeners be taking today? The steps they should be taking today is to start thinking about what would happen if I got hit by a truck tomorrow to my business and my family. Have you seen people do this? It's very hard to get them to focus on it. And the reason is because they believe you're dealing with their mortality. They think, I've never met a really successful entrepreneur that in his heart of hearts didn't think if I die, not when I die. And the truth is when they equate it to that, when they equate the business going on without them to death, it's very hard to get them to focus on it, but that isn't the way it is. I've got I've got clients that we've we've gone to the third generation with, where the founders are still involved. They're still on the board. They still communicate with their children and grandchildren about the business. Their advice is well well worth it. Well, Joe, you know I was taught when I got into business uh, something very important, and that's that a good attorney knows how to ask good questions. And you certainly ask all the right questions. Attorney Joseph Ginsburg, thank you so much for joining us here in studio. I do want to make sure our listeners can contact you, learn more about the Make-A-Wish Foundation, learn more about uh, about all the topics that we just talked about, succession planning, guidance, mer- mergers, acquisitions, so, many, so much important advice. How can our listeners get a hold of you? Well, uh, you can easily reach me on LinkedIn, and I'm also... Uh, on our website, which is uh, lgattorneys.com. And my contact is jginsburg at lgattorneys.com. I'll be glad to talk to anybody that wants to call. You can call me at 312-368-0100. 
Fantastic. Uh, LGattorneys.com. And we've got more tips, advice, and information coming up for you after this quick break. You're listening to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. We're powered by Tandem HR. Get on my website, ShalomKlein.com. Back on Get Down to Business. And it's time for your business tip of the week, which can be heard daily on the morning show at 7.30 a.m. right here on AM560, The Answer. We've talked a lot in this week's program about the challenges faced by every salesperson, every entrepreneur. And a lot of that involves leads, organization, and follow-up. Uh, that's something that many business owners struggle with and our ability to be efficient and effective in those areas directly impacts our bottom line. So I want to talk to you about three letters. Those three letters are CRM, customer relationship management, and a platform for that process is a must. You need the right tool to organize your leads, store their information and your correspondence, alert you of any follow-up dates and commitments, as well as provide you with the ability to measure your results Without it, you will miss out on opportunities. Uh, a CRM, a good CRM, is an essential foundation for success. And combined with follow-up and feedback, you're well on your way to consistent revenue. So uh, it's very important to have goals for yourself to make sure that you have some specific uh, numbers that you're trying to attain, trying to achieve. And many business owners that I talk to don't have those goals in mind, then unless you have the goals, how are you expecting to achieve them? So when you have a CRM, you want to pay attention to some things like your revenue target. You want to look at how much is your average sale? How many sales are required to meet your revenue target? What's your sales win rate? What's your closing rate? How many opportunities do you need to win a sale? What's your lead to opportunity conversion rate? And we've talked about this so many times on this program about the difference between a lead and an opportunity and how to move those things along. But you need to identify those numbers about yourself, identify where your strengths and your weaknesses lie, and only then can you achieve it. And you have to look at how many leads are required to create an opportunity, how many touches, how many meetings, how many calls are required to contact and engage a raw lead, and uh, you have to look at how many total activities are required. So now let me explain very, very quickly why CRMs are important. When I uh, talk to companies that are trying to improve their sales funnel, often the problem is not a lack of leads. It's that their sales team, it might be them themselves, are not being consistent and persistent in how they contact their leads. If you pursue a single lead over a span of weeks, via phone, email, and maybe even in meetings, then following up on the voicemails that were left. This cannot be tracked using memory or spreadsheet, I promise you. If you leave phone messages for 25 leads daily and they need to follow up, it's not going to happen without the help of a CRM. If you don't have one, go on my website and I could give you some best practices and pointers and tips on what I've seen that has worked. But what if you say you already have a CRM? If so, I guess I love you. Okay, to be fair, love is a very strong word, but I feel about you the same way I feel about gas station hot dogs. A lot of optimism tempered with a bit of experience-based caution. You want to make sure you're using the best system that's helping you measure all of the numbers needed about the leads and the opportunities and your, and your follow-up rate. And again, if you are fortunate enough to have more than a few people in your office and you actually have a few people that are dedicated to business development, 
a CRM is a must-have so you can monitor their progress and so you can be an effective manager. You owe it to yourself to be a good business owner to make sure that you have the systems in place that can help you uh, maximize your your quality, your investment. It's an insurance policy on your sales team. So again, we've talked about CRMs. I'm going to post a lot more tips, advice, and information on the subject on my website at shalomkline.com. You'll learn about CRMs. I'll post some links to some good CRMs that I've seen. I know a lot of our listeners use Salesforce. That's not the only system that's out there. I'm not downplaying it. It's a good tool. Um, what a fantastic lineup of guests. Gail Marks Jarvis from Reuters, Cindy Montgomery from Teachability, Attorney Joseph Ginsburg, lots of great tips, advice, and information. Check out my website, ShalomKlein.com, where you can download this entire program, as well as get a sneak peek of who's going to be on next week on the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Once again, we're powered by Tandem HR to success. Let's get down to business. We'll talk to you next week. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.